So the 2021 NFL draft is in the books, and it wasn't a great one for the Big 12, but honestly, I'm I'm just not worried about it. I'm not sitting here freaking out about a bad NFL draft for the Big 12. It's great to be with you. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. So, you know, a lot of... Um, Attention was put on the fact that the Big 12 had zero players drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. Uh, Yeah, all right. I mean, it stinks. Not happy about it. But am I sitting here and saying to myself, oh, boy, a sign that the Big 12 is never going to get ahead? No, I'm not. I'm, I'm really not. Um you know, first off, I look at the fact that this conference is on uh, and is in a very good place. The conference is as healthy as it's been since realignment almost 10 years ago now. You've got two teams that are going to be, when it comes to the odds, top five odds to win the national title in Oklahoma and Iowa State coming up this season. Uh, you've got good depth in this conference. You've got more balance offensively and defensively in this conference than you've had in over 10 years. I, you know, it was uh, an off year, right? By the way, you did have two straight number one overall draft picks in Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, two guys who are proven to be uh, productive NFL quarterbacks and who will be NFL quarterbacks for the foreseeable future, not bus, not bus coming out of a Big 12 gimmicky system. No, they are both legitimate NFL quarterbacks. All right. They are. So I'm not really worried about it. I'm not freaking out about it. Like the SEC had 12 first-round picks. The Big Ten had seven. ACC had six. The Pac-12 had three. The Big 12 had zero. We knew it was unlikely they were going to have more than two, right? I mean, that's the number that the best mock drafts were showing two Big 12 players taken in the first round. So I'm not sitting here, like, freaking out about that, and I don't think you should either. I'm not really worried about it at this point in time, to be honest. Because next year, by the way, you could have two of the top 10 picks just at quarterback in Spencer Rattler and Brock Purdy. I mean, you could have two of the top five, two of the top three. I don't know. I'm just saying you could very well have uh, two enormously high draft picks out of the Big 12 at just the quarterback position. Think about that. All right? That doesn't bring up anybody else at any other position that's just at the quarterback position. They're talking about Tyler Shuck at a Texas tech. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago on the show transfer from Oregon being a uh, top or a first round draft pick at quarterback. If things go well for him. So it's fine. I'm, I'm not freaking out. I don't think you should either, but I got a lot of people blowing me up on social media and finding us on Twitter at heartland underscore CS and all worried about the lack of a, or the not the lack of first round draft picks, having zero first round draft picks, and I'm like, whatever, it's just let's just roll, man. Let's just roll. Now you got to the second of the third rounds, and you know we saw a lot of what we expected. By the way, we saw in the case of Creed Humphrey, the Oklahoma center, there is not a better place for Creed Humphrey than the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to be the center there to Patrick Mahomes for the next ten years. I mean, seriously, that is you want to talk about. The rich getting richer. 
Creed Humphrey ending up with the Kansas City Chiefs late in the second round. I mean, that is a steal. I know that position doesn't get the sexy uh, appeal of some of the other positions, obviously. But my goodness, when you just pick up a center for the next 10 years, you're in a hell of a good spot. All right, you're in a hell of a good spot. And that's exactly what Creed Humphrey has got himself in. You got Samuel Cosme taken by the uh, Washington football team. Uh, he's the Texas offensive lineman. You had Joseph Asai get picked up. So, I mean, there was uh, some good movement on day two. I thought Ronnie Perkins ending up with the New England Patriots was a good spot for him as well. And then you had a huge day three. Huge day three. A storyline that should not be overlooked, day three of the NFL draft. Iowa State running back, Kenny Nwagwu, picked as the first running back out of the Big 12. The guy was third on his team in rushing yards last year with 339. And uh, he gets picked ahead of Chuba Hubbard, who ran for 2,000 yards two years ago at Oklahoma State. I, that is crazy. He was obviously the backup to uh, Brees Hall. It's like, what does that tell you when Kenny Nwagwu is picked up in the fourth round by the Minnesota Vikings ahead of Chuba Hubbard when he ran for a total of 339 yards last season? That tells you, one, a lot about Brees Hall, and two, a changing of the guard when it comes to what people view Iowa State football to be. That's the part of this that should not get overlooked. It's Yes, it's a lot about Brees Hall. And, of course, it's a lot about Nwagwu and the fact that this is a guy who has an enormous amount of talent that maybe didn't get to showcase it enough in Ames. But it tells you something else. Uh, NFL talent evaluators would never in a million years, up until the last couple of seasons, probably give a look to a guy who goes to Iowa State and isn't even close to being their leading rusher. They just, they wouldn't do it. Now they do it, and they pick them ahead of guys like Chuba Hubbard. That is wild to think about. And it's just, I mean, it just shows you where the program is. Like, it's little things like that that shows you where the Iowa State football program is when you compare that to uh, where it was, I mean, even just a few years ago. I, completely crazy. Ramondre Stevenson, this is another one that I thought was a big deal. Ramondre Stevenson, Oklahoma running back, goes to the Patriots at 120, fourth-round pick. Uh, we know that, you know, he's dealt with suspensions and whatnot, but this is the kind of guy, Ramondre Stevenson, if Bill Belichick in that Patriot way gets his head on straight, man, that's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Chuba Hubbard to Carolina at number 126, fourth round. This is why you go to the draft after you rush for 2,000 yards, okay? This is why you do that. Let's be honest. Chuba Hubbard coming back wasn't good for anybody. Uh, like, it wasn't. The offseason was a mess last year. There was all that drama over Mike Gundy's dumb T-shirt that Chuba Hubbard helped, uh, you know, push on the social media. Then he locks his account. Then they have all these, you know, off-season nonsensical storylines they got to deal with around that. Like, it just, it didn't work out for him. Didn't work out for the program. It wasn't a good spot. And then he probably goes from, what, second, third-round pick all the way down to a mid-to-late fourth-round pick. And you lost a year, by the way. 
because you came back, so you lost a year of your legs. You lost a year of carries. Like, it just didn't work out for anybody. You lost money. It did not work out. And that's why I don't care where you're playing. You rush for 2,000 yards. If you're eligible, if you can leave, leave. Okay, go. Head out. I'll talk more about the uh, top five Big 12 steals in the NFL draft coming up here shortly. But just some other news and notes that I do want to uh, get through here in the Big 12. Sam Ellinger to the Indianapolis Colts in the sixth round. Former Texas quarterback. Uh, There's a guy that, uh, you know, is Sam Ellinger ever going to be an NFL starting quarterback? Probably not. Not unless he gets a lot more efficient and a lot more accurate. But if there's a place that I could see a guy like Sam Ellinger being a starting quarterback, it's in Indianapolis. Like, I don't know why. Just something about it fits, feels right, looks right, sounds right. Like, everything about it just kind of makes sense. Um, And I thought that was a very good place for Sam Ellinger to land. Once again, I'm not sure that means that he's going to be playing anytime soon. But, you know, he now goes to Indy and, um, you know, obviously a very good chance to be the backup to Carson Wentz, who has dealt with issues throughout his career, right? I mean, he's not exactly uh, the – I mean, he's he's good when he's playing well and when he's not injured, but there's still a ways to go there to see if he can definitely be that guy that he was a couple of years back. So interesting landing spot for Sam Ellinger, and I'll be intrigued to see do they use him in kind of a package-type situation – uh, third in shorts where he can kind of use his arm or his leg. You're not expecting something big time down the field. I thought that was uh, a very interesting place for Sam Ellinger to wind up. One of the biggest shockers to me was Darius Stills. The West Virginia defensive lineman, Darius Stills, the Big 12 defensive player of the year, not getting picked. He signed a free agent deal with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, still weird to say that. I don't get it. Like, I don't pretend to be, and I don't follow the NFL like I do, obviously, Big 12. But how that guy, who I get maybe a little undersized for the position in the NFL, how the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year, when the Big 12, by the way, had a lot of good defenses, okay? This is not the Big 12 defenses from four, five, six, seven years ago. There were some really good defenses and some really good defensive players in the Big 12 this year. How the Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year doesn't get drafted is crazy. And I will say this. If Darius Stills had any idea that he was not going to get picked, or if he thought and, and uh, the grades were rounds five through seven or undrafted, should have come back. Should have come back. All right, I, I just, I don't understand it. I really don't. And by the way, did I say Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year? I meant Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year. So my apologies for that. But still, it, it rings true. It still rings true. There's no way that this guy should have gone undrafted. All right? And if he had any idea, he should have come back. Pete Mundo on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I know Iowa State fans are screaming, and Mike Rose, Mike Rose, Defensive Player of the Year. You're right, you're right. Big 12 Defensive Lineman of the Year was Darius Still, so that's my bad. Coming up, let's get with you on my top five steals in the Big 12 from the NFL Draft. That is coming up next on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. 
Well, there were some Big 12 players who were stolen, and I mean stolen, in this year's NFL draft. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you as we go through another week. So, let's get to five guys who I was just like, wait, uh, they, they went where? They dropped how far? Uh, let's start off with number one, Ronnie Perkins, uh, defensive end from the Sooners. He went to the New England Patriots in the third round. And Ronnie Perkins is a guy who, yeah, he had some off-field issues with marijuana. I mean, you know, that's what we know at least. And he was suspended first few games of the season and obviously, you know, not ideal. But he then played in six games, started in five, finished with 24 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks, nine quarterback hurries. Uh, there were plenty of projections that talent-wise, Ronnie Perkins was a first, early, second-round guy. He fell to the New England Patriots in the third round. I mean, that is the the perfect landing spot for a guy like Ronnie Perkins. If he needs some structure, if that's something that, you know, um, the scouting report said would be good for him to kind of have that Patriot way, around him, then this is a great get for Bill Belichick. If this guy does buy all in to what the Patriots are doing, how they go about their business, I know that a guy like Tom Brady's not there, so I know that maybe that's changed a little bit, but Bill Belichick is still like Bill Belichick, okay? He's still running the most successful uh, NFL franchise in recent memory, and he's still the head coach. And while they fell off a bit last year while Tom Brady won a Super Bowl, I don't believe that what goes on behind the scenes in the locker room has probably changed a whole lot. So that's why I'm all in on Ronnie Perkins being a steal, a first-round talent in the third round who will go into a situation where if he's ever going to succeed and buy into a program, it's going to be the New England Patriots. Uh, then I've got Tylen Wallace, Oklahoma State wide receiver, fourth round to the Baltimore Ravens. This dude was one of the best receivers in college football in 2018 and 2019 before an injury late in the season to his knee. He became the latest in a long line of deep threats coming out of Oklahoma State. Now, he did not have a good pro day. That was the knock. He had a slow 40-yard dash time, 4.48, relatively speaking. Uh, His athletic testing was not great. The jumps in the vertical, the broad jumps, things like that were disappointing, but If you watch this guy, he was never an athletic freak. You never watched Tylen Wallace and said, boy, just total athletic freak, no doubt about it. No, but he knew how to get the damn ball, all right? Tylen Wallace tracks the ball well downfield. His ball skills, especially in contested situations, are great. His body control, his footwork are top-notch. And, I mean, he's... No no nonsense off the field, right? You're not going to have those issues with Tylen Wallace. You get this guy in the fourth round. I think it was like 18 or 19 other wide receivers who were picked before Tylen Wallace. All those teams that picked those 18 or 19 wide receivers are going to regret it. Maybe not everyone. Maybe like Jalen Waddell, okay. But a lot of these guys uh, who picked other wideouts ahead of Tylen Wallace, they made a mistake. And if Lamar Jackson can get the ball downfield effectively – Tylen Wallace will go up, and he will get it. This is a great deal in the fourth round. Great deal. Creed Humphrey, a second round to the Kansas City Chiefs, Oklahoma center. I mentioned it earlier, but uh, the Chiefs got their center for the next 10 years. 
This dude's been one of the best offensive linemen in the Big 12 the past three seasons. Second team All-American. Didn't allow a sack in 401 pass plays. Uh, and by the way, I don't know if you saw this story, but apparently Orlando Brown, who of course was um, on the Oklahoma offensive line, was just traded to the Chiefs from the Ravens. He lobbied to Andy Reid for the team to go get Creed Humphrey. Now, they didn't technically play together on the line because Humphrey was, I think, redshirting when Brown was playing his final year at OU. But uh, the fact that he advocated for a guy like Creed Humphrey to Andy Reid is a big deal. And now they're going to be on the same line with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback chasing Super Bowls together. Uh, The rich really do get richer. I've got Jack Anderson, another offensive lineman, uh, offensive guard, seventh round to the Bills. Started all 10 games for Tech last season. Played right guard his entire career. All Big 12 guy. 6'5", 315, solidly built prospect. More than enough athleticism for the position. He can mix it up in in the trenches. Uh, he's met or exceeded expectations dating back to high school. He was a four-star guy coming out of high school. Was an All-American freshman in 2017. I'm not saying he starts in the NFL this season as a seventh-round guy. And I know guards maybe aren't the same. They're not the same in terms of how they're graded as, let's say, tackles. They're not as valuable as tackles. But I believe a guy like Jack Anderson can find his way in to a productive NFL career. And part of being a steal is having value at where you were picked. And Jack Anderson in the seventh round of the NFL draft is a steal for the Buffalo Bills. That's a great pick. And he fits up well up there with Bills Mafia. I could see him smashing a table or two. I... I, (laughs) I could definitely see. Now that I think about it, Jack Anderson smashing a couple of tables with Bills Mafia feels exactly right. Absolutely right. I just, I don't know. I, I can I can envision it happening as we speak. All right. Also, a Big 12 steals in the NFL draft. Rodarius Williams, Oklahoma State cornerback, taken in the sixth round by the New York Giants. I can't believe he fell this far. I really can't. Pro football focus graded him as the number 20 FBS cornerback in the 2020 season and the number four FBS cornerback in tackling. According to pro football focus, the only cornerback to face 240 covered snaps, follow me on this, to face at least 240 covered snaps, allow no more than 10 catches. He also allowed zero touchdowns in those 255 covered snaps. He ranks fifth amongst draft-eligible defensive backs in forced incompletions with 30 of them. Had seven pass breakups to tie for the lead at Oklahoma State. And he did all this on one of the most underrated defenses in America last season. And he will surprise a lot of people at the next level. And, And I'm telling you, I mean, because here's what happens, right? People see these numbers probably, and they're like, oh, well, it's Oklahoma State, it's the Big 12. People are just chucking the ball all over the place and, Grady had a bunch of forced incompletions. All they did was throw the ball 80 times a game on each side in the Big 12. It's like you haven't been paying attention. You just haven't been. This is one of the very good, uh, excellent, I would say, defenses in America, top top 20 defense in America last season. So uh, they earned. They earned that right to call themselves a defensive team. Oklahoma State would have lost an extra two, three games without its defense last season. The offense did not carry that team, and people that watch this team and watch this conference know that, right? So they're understanding of that. But Rodarius Williams was a big reason for that, and this guy's going to have a productive NFL career, and he went in the sixth round. Great pick by the New York Giants. Great pick. 
I'll give you a quick bonus name as well. Wyatt Hubert. Kansas State defensive end, seventh round by the Bengals. He's not going to be a star, but a seventh round flyer on Wyatt Hubert to overachieve and be a solid NFL pro, sign me up 10 out of 10 times. Maybe uh, he shouldn't have left. You know, you can make that case that stay another year, enjoy your time at K-State. Maybe you're a uh, third, fourth round guy next year, but he got drafted, seventh round pick, and if he gets some time, I believe he can have a pretty solid NFL career, at least some type of productivity. We'll see. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. There's your top five with a bonus, uh, Big 12 steals of the NFL draft. So we haven't even talked about the fact that uh, the Kansas Jayhawks have a new coach. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. And I do apologize. My voice has started to go throughout the show, and it really has, uh, it's laboring down the home stretch. I'll put it that way. It is laboring down the home stretch. So hang with me here. We've got a few minutes left to work with, and we appreciate you guys joining us. You know, I preferred, and I know I'm cracking like crazy. I don't know why this is happening, but it's just my voice is going. All right? It's going. I'm losing it. I do four hours of radio every weekday in Kansas City on KCMO. Uh, I do this show. I do other podcasts as well with other folks. So sometimes it just goes. You got to bear with me here. But Lance Leopold was hired by the Kansas Jayhawks out of Buffalo. And he got a six-year contract worth $16.5 million. He's going to make $2.2 million in his first season. Then it'll jump to two four two six and three three in 2026, the final year of the deal. Now, this is way more than what he was making at Buffalo, where he was paid $624,000 per season. So he basically 4X that. That's a big number for him. But he'll still start as the lowest-paid coach in the Big 12 Conference. Um, I am okay with the hire. I watched his press conference, thought he said all the right things, doing it the right way. But, you know, there was a lot of coach speak cliches. I'm not going to put a win total on this season and things of that nature, right? All those stuff that we would expect. But I still believe that Army coach Jeff Monken was the way to go. Jeff Monken, uh, who runs a triple option offense, would have been a guy who at least would have given me a different look, right? He would have been a guy who could have um made Big 12 teams sweat simply because of his scheme. You want to call it gimmicky? That's fine. I don't think that's the case. But you can have success with that when you don't have the athletes that the rest of the Big 12 has. And that's just the reality for Kansas until proven otherwise. They don't have the horses, okay? They don't. So if you can give them a look that they don't see a lot of, that at least buys you time. You know, that gets you into a situation where you can then at least say, hey, you know, we may not match up pound for pound, but you know what we do do? You know what we can do? Well, we can out-scheme you. We're going to give you a look that you don't see the other 12 weeks of the season or 11 weeks of the season. You're going to see something that you never see with our triple option offense. Now, maybe Jeff Monka didn't think it was a good fit for him. I, I can't speak to what exactly happened behind the scenes there, but I will tell you, that when it comes to uh, who I thought was the better fit, I thought that both guys were leaders of men. Both guys were good head coaches. 
both guys had proven themselves. So I understand wanting to go with the more traditional guy with the traditional system in Lance Leopold out of Buffalo, but I will say that uh, Monken would have been my guy if he was interested in the job. Now, I'll add that Lance Leopold, some people are saying, like, oh, this is Turner Gill 2.0 because Turner Gill came from Kansas. They, I, you can't make that comparison. You just can't. I mean, Turner Gill did not win at Buffalo like Lance Leopold did. Turner Gill was the head coach of Buffalo for four years before he came to Kansas, and he went 20 and 30. All right? I mean, Lance Leopold went 37 and 36. The Bulls got to the MAC title game two of the past three seasons. You can't say that this is Turner Gill, who went 14 and 18 in the MAC. You just can't do it. I mean, it's completely different. Lance Leopold has had much more success at Buffalo than Turner Gill could have ever imagined of having. All right. So that's just, uh, that is not a fair comparison at all. Uh, I think Lance Leopold is much better than Turner Gill. What I would like to see, though, I'd like to see interim head coach Emmett Jones retained by this staff. I would. He deserves it. He recruited a lot of these guys, especially the ones from Texas. He just ran spring practice. I'm not saying he's got to be a right-hand man. Lance Leopold's got his guys. But Emmett Jones has proven to be a guy through and through who is sticking with this team and sticking with this program and is worthy of being allowed to hang around. And not just hang around, but thrive and prosper. So I don't know exactly what that staff's going to look like, but I do believe somebody like Emmett Jones, who has uh, stepped into a very tough situation, deserves a chance to remain on this staff in some capacity. And, in you know, in fairness, a solid capacity because he's done a very good job. So that is, uh, that's where the Jayhawks are at. We finally have all 10 coaches lined up for the Big 12 Conference for the upcoming season, and we will see how exactly that works out going forward. And what it means. And now we get to talk all offseason about what's to come here this fall. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is the site. It's good to be with you guys as we are each and every week at this time. And before you leave us, please leave us a rating, review, subscribe to this podcast. I've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie with your name on it. When you leave me a rating and a review and send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you soon.